uh, being able to uh, have them. That was really cool. You know, they want to come support us in person more or less than watching us on TV. So I, I, I just appreciate them for coming out here and uh, uh, letting us go out there and glorify God, you know? I've done this long enough. Every year is different. There's no team that has the same DNA, same leadership, same hunger, desire, passion. It was great 2020. I got the ring. I got the picture. I got it all. I got it. I will have it framed. Top 20 in the nation. That's awesome. But you know what? It's time to run to the roar of 2021. It's here. It's a different week, Malik. It's a different week, Malik. For we can, For we, we can. can do all things through Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. He strengthens us, strengthens us each and every day. Each and every day. And may God. Pray for the place. Hey guys, this is the Sea of Red podcast. My name is Chad Hassan. Thank you for listening. We have a really cool episode lined up. We are going to play back an interview we did with Brett McMurphy over the weekend, talking about realignment, specifically realignment as it relates to liberty. So it was pretty cool to hear his thoughts. I won't spoil any of the interview with you, um, but Brett is the best in the business. If you follow along on Twitter, Brett McMurphy, he uh, he definitely knows what's going on with realignment. Has his um, ear to the ear to the grindstone, or however that phrase goes. Um, he knows what's going on. So great to talk to Brett. Thank you to him for taking the time. So we'll play back that interview. Also, we caught up with the Jokers. They are a student group that was founded ten years ago, and uh, talked to them about what it means to be a Joker and. Um, if they're looking for new members, try to promote them a little bit and get that going, uh, especially before basketball season starts to get, you know, um, take advantage of those students that are passionate and want to be at the games, take advantage and make that home court advantage. I know the coaches are into that. So it was great talking to James. He is the leader of the Jokers. And, uh, you know, a sea of red is kind of sponsoring the Jokers here for a little bit for the remainder of this season, try to help them. They buy paint. They buy posters. Um, we're going to try to support them and get them some food after games um, just to show our appreciation and kind of help build that group up a little bit. There are other student groups um, as well, some of them funded by the school, and then others is kind of formed over the years. But a uh, special year, 10 years for the Jokers, very cool stuff. Uh, glad to talk to him. Wanted to react to UAB and just say that that was the best second half, or best half of football I have ever seen Liberty play. It was incredible. The defense locked in. Offense was clicking. Um, you know, I, I will say a couple of those drives, you know, the comments were, is this offense sustainable? And it looked like, you know, we were just kind of Malik was scrambling. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of carried he did. He really carried, put us on his back and carried for a little bit there. We couldn't get the run going. Um, the only thing that was working was dropping Malik back and then having him scramble or design QB runs. And that's not really sustainable. Um, but using that, and once we got the ball rolling a little bit, it kind of opened up the passing game. And then the running game was able to get going a little bit there too. So it was nice to see. Um, that we didn't just completely lean on Malik. He did kind of drive the wedge into the to the defense, the opposing defense, and kind of break the break it open for us. So, uh, but that's what a Heisman candidate, you know, top talent quarterback does is uh, they they carry your team in times of need, and that's exactly what he did. And things broke open, and um, 
you know, one of the things I loved about the game was Hugh Freeze's comments in mon- on Monday when he talked about how the team responded at halftime. He said he was really frustrated, um, not necessarily at them or their execution or effort, but just how the game was going. And uh, he said his team just looked at him and, and, and gave him this vote of confidence, basically, that he knew they were going to come out and play a great second half, and that's exactly what they did. So we learned a lot about our team, not only just how they deal with adversity in that game, but how they bounce back from a what what a lot of people would call a bad loss at Syracuse. We were six-point favorites. I know they're a Power 5 team, and I know they're traditionally a better program, but this year we were supposed to beat them on the road by six points, and we lost. So great to see the team come bounce back. Uh, I've been rejuvenated as a fan. I, I, I don't know about you guys listening, but for me, it's definitely ups and downs, ups and downs. And I, I, you know, that's why I'm so intrigued. We talk to, to Brendan Schlittler pretty often. Um, once a week, we do a live thing on Twitter and YouTube. And I'm amazed how those guys kind of flip the page and, and go forward. I, as a fan, I'm unable to do that. Me and John talked a lot about that last week, but, uh, Great to get those, get that back on that wave of winning ways. And uh, as a fan, it feels good. Looking forward to homecoming. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's some cool things planned. Rain or shine. Uh, sea of Red's going to host a tailgate. First 30 people get some barbecue from County Smoke and some rookies, a little ice cream sandwiches. And we also have, uh, we'll be watching the parade there up from the yellow lot near the bookstore. So come by and say hello. Even if you, if you're, eating somewhere else. If you can only stop by for 10 minutes, we'd love to meet some of you and uh, kind of put a name and a face or just say hello to some of you that we've we've talked with in the past. It's uh, the Flames community is growing, especially those that interact in, on Twitter. So it's, it's a lot of fun to get to know everyone and kind of we all have this one huge passion and hobby. Um, so it's always fun to get together with you guys. We'll also be going over and watching uh, or meeting William Byron, getting some autographs. That's going to be really cool at the Flames Fest. So a lot going on for homecoming. Plus, we uh, have a game to watch and uh, win. And Middle Tennessee State is coming off of a win over Marshall. So uh, you've got the Liberty Line coming up here in a little bit. We have Richie Longshots filling in for Jared Brooks, who is out on vacation this week. So uh, we have a different Liberty Line coming in. But I'm sure they'll mention the line opened at 16 and shot straight to 20 or 21. So... Uh, interesting live line movements there. Middle Tennessee State is a good team. Um, I'm not sure where I'm leaning. I know that I have a feeling that the Flames are going to win our next four and head into Oxford eight and one. That's that's what I think. Um, now by the spreads and stuff like that, I'm I'm not so sure. But uh, fun game coming up this Saturday with lots of activities, and then uh, we will be rooting on our Flames to victory. So uh, come on out, and say hello if you if you have a chance. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into that Brett McMurphy interview and hear what he has to say about Liberty Realignment. This KR22 Hoops Update is sponsored by Young Seal Coating. For optimum pavement protection, check out youngsealcoating.com. This is Kyle Rode with your Hoops Update. Flames Nation, it has been a big week. Uh, for our school athletically with a football win last weekend against UAB. And then also we got a great commit in our 23 class for basketball. Uh, going to try to keep it going this week with a couple more big visits. 
Um, and it's been a great week. Our basketball practice has been great. Uh, you can see our details and habits are starting to compound and add up in practice defensively and offensively. And uh, we're getting we're getting closer and closer. We've got a couple big scrimmages coming up this month. And also uh, just really, really loving this group, loving playing with the guys. And um, I think I think we're going to represent uh, Liberty University well. I'm super excited also about our tailgate this weekend. Me and Darius are pumped. Um, just so grateful that rookies in uh, County Smoke are going to be providing the food. And then also uh, another sponsor, Jason Porter and his wife, Rachel, uh, with Jason Porter Real Estate. Um, they've been such a blessing in my life. So super excited uh, about the tailgate this weekend. Hope to see you there. And this is Kyle Road with your Hoops Update. All right, we are joined by one of my favorites, Brett. It's Brett McMurray. He writes for the actionnetwork.com. Had a great article today about realignment. Won't give any spoilers away. Should definitely go read it. Um, actionnetwork.network.com. Uh, Brett, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll jump right in here. First of all, um, how important is it for Liberty to join a conference this round of realignment? And uh, second part of that question is independent going to be sustainable with BYU leaving independent and, uh, and, you know, the scheduling alliances and things like that, things like that. So how important is it for the Liberty to get in a conference this go around and is, is being an independent going to be sustainable? I guess that, you know, that there's not a right or wrong answer to that. I think it depends on what Ian McCaw and, and the leaders at Liberty want to do going forward. Uh, I don't know if, if they have a strong preference to remain an independent. I don't know if they would prefer to be a, in a conference. I know some of the challenges that BYU has had as an independent, um, because when you're an independent and you're not named Notre Dame, uh, it, it's very difficult. And obviously scheduling is the biggest component of that. Um, you know, BYU's uh, you know, a different situation than Liberty and that they have a ESPN TV deal, you know, specifically for BYU, Liberty does not have that. Um, So, you know, look, if I'm sure Liberty would prefer to be in a conference, um, I think the best news that came out of Friday was that the Mountain West is staying intact. Because what that means now is if the Mountain West would have lost any combination of Boise, San Diego State, Colorado State, or Air Force to the American, then basically you would have you would have seen little movement as far as the Conference USA and the Sun Belt as far as the resulting dominoes. However, with all those schools staying in the Mountain West, the American has to find some teams from somewhere. They're, they're left with eight schools after Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF leave. You cannot have an eight-team conference. You would have to find five non-conference games. That's not realistic, especially in today's um, atmosphere as far as conferences, um, you know, <laughs> having anywhere from, uh, from 10 to 14 members. So the fact that the Mountain West stays intact is tremendous, tremendous news for Liberty. Now, that doesn't guarantee they're going to have an invitation, but certainly I would say their odds have increased because now – the American is, have to, is going to have to go somewhere to find the replacements. Um, sources have told me that UAB is likely going to be that top 
top choice for the American. So now Conference USA needs somebody. Well, the American's not going to just add one team. They're going to add two. They could even add four. So pick any, any schools out there that you want from Conference USA or the Sun Belt because that's where they're getting their replace, replacements from. There's nowhere else to get them from. They're not getting them from the Mountain West. They're not getting them from the MAC. So then when the Conference USA and or the Sun Belt lose anywhere from two to four members, now they have to go find somebody to pull up from the ranks, if you will, to fill those spots. <clears throat> That's where I think Liberty will have its best shot. Will it be in Conference USA? Will it be in the Sun Belt? Does Liberty have a preference between those two conferences? I, I can't answer that. Um, but I do know that it's a great situation for Liberty. Again, if they want to join a conference, you're, you're close with the school. Maybe you can answer that for me. Um, but if they do want to join a conference, I think today's news uh, couldn't have gone any better for, for Liberty. Yeah, um, I, you know, Ian's obviously playing the cards close to his vest right now. And what we're hearing is, you know, it's AAC or, or remain independent is kind of the feeling we all have. Um, with G5 conferences, the three you mentioned just now, the, the Sunbelt, Conference USA, and the AAC, what are they looking for as the main factors to adding a conference? Um, is it still market size, uh, you know, like being in a big city? Are they looking at recent football success? Are they looking at the amount, looking at the amount of money you're um, What are you hearing as some of those top factors for adding a school um, to your conference? What, what are some of those, what are some of those presidents and conference, uh, conference commissioners looking for? Uh, basically everything that you just laid out that and more. I mean, it used to be that when conferences would expand and when it's, you know, when it wasn't so, uh, so many dominoes in play and they had more time to think about it, they would consider academics surprisingly. Uh, they would look at market size, football success, a lot of things you mentioned. But now these conferences are basically just looking to survive. You know, the Big 12 lost Texas and Oklahoma. They're looking to survive. So they went out and got what they thought were the best four football programs they could get. Um, it also helped that they're in decent markets. BYU's got a quasi-national following. The, those are bonuses. Um, there's a reason why the Big 12 didn't look at say USF, USF's in Tampa. Look, I live in Tampa, but you know they're two and twenty. Their last twenty-two games or whatever it is, that is not an attractive expansion candidate. So I think what the, these other leagues are going to be looking at, I think first and foremost is football success, and then they can kind of spin all the other factors um, into making sense to bring on those schools. Um, I certainly think Liberty is in a good position because of the su success they've had. Um, I will say that I know from talking to, to sources at different conferences, one of the concerns about Liberty is, is Hugh Freeze. And that's actually a compliment. But the way they look at it is everyone knows what Liberty has been able to do with Hugh Freeze. No one envisions Hugh Freeze ending his career with Liberty. So when Hugh Freeze leaves Liberty, is there going to be a substantial drop in the football program? Look, I'm not saying there's going to be. I'm not saying there's not going to be. I'm just, you know, don't shoot the messenger. That's what I'm being told where some of these other conferences have questions about the long-term stability of, of Liberty uh, when and if Hugh Freeze leaves. Why I did mention 
um, Liberty as far as being tied in with any AAC expansion. I think they're looking at more established programs um, like a UAB, which, you know, look, it's not, <laughs> UAB had to, you know, had the program disbanded and they had to start it over again. So it's not like they've been around forever, but I think that's kind of what they're looking for. It doesn't mean Liberty's out of the mix. I just don't think they're at the top of their wish list. But look, anything can happen. Certainly, uh, you know, I don't think there's going to be any decisions made in the next uh, next couple of weeks or even the next couple of months. Now that I say that, you know, by while we're recording <laughs> this, there may be an announcement. Uh, Conference USA is adding somebody or the Sun Belt or whatever. Why I'm saying that is, look, you know, Liberty lost to Syracuse, but if they can get, you know, if they can win the games they're supposed to, obviously the game at Ole Miss is the is the big game everyone's looked forward to this year. As far as Liberty, if they win that game, their profile increases tenfold. Is it going to mean guarantee they're going to get into another conference? Absolutely not but it certainly helps their chances. So um, it's hard to sit here and say that, you know, conference X conference Y is specifically looking at these three factors, but certainly, you know, the example I gave as far as USF, um, you know, if Liberty had USF success right now, we, I wouldn't even be on your podcast. Because <laughs> Liberty would have, you know, if any animal house fans out there, I'm dating myself, John Blutarski's grade point average zero percent chance of getting in a conference but because they have been successful um they run a very exciting type of offense score a lot of points um all those things that attract eyeballs for tv viewers you know i think liberty's got a got a decent shot and again um reverting back to what we opened up with you know what happened wednesday uh, excuse me what happened friday could not have been laid out any more perfect for Liberty as far as increasing their chances. Yeah, no, that's uh, you bring up a lot of good points. You actually answered all the rest of my questions there. I'm out. I, I, I do, I do have one more here, but first I want to mention, that's a great take on Hugh freeze. I mean, we're, we're brand new, not just you know, anything before freeze. We really weren't FBS or maybe one year without him. So we don't even know what we're doing in FBS without Hugh freeze. Um, so yeah, a great point, but I will say this for, for those of us inside the Liberty community in, we have this saying and, and hashtag we use a lot. It's called in Ian, we trust. And we feel like as long as we have Ian McCall guiding the ship, that guy seems to be pulling all the right strings and, uh, and I have full confidence that he could bring in a coach, maybe not a Hugh freeze, Hugh freeze, but somebody to keep the success going. So, um, I guess you. Yeah. You I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying yeah. you guys are going to fall off a cliff. I'm just saying that people that are making these decisions are wondering, right. okay, what happens when Hugh Freeze is gone? Because again, the time, how this timeline would work, you know, in hypothetically, Liberty would get the invitation while Hugh was still the coach. They may not join the league until after Hugh is gone. And so, you know, you take, you know, a conference would be taking a gamble on that again it's not saying you know liberty's falling off a cliff it's not saying liberty won't be a better program that's just a concern that these conferences have specifically about liberty yeah yeah um you've mentioned a couple of strengths and a couple of weaknesses there this is there for liberty and realign um 
I guess that was kind of my question is, are there any other weaknesses? We, something we're kind of concerned about is, you know, we do have somewhat of a checkered past here recently with changing presidents and, and that kind of thing. Um, is that even, is that even, is there, are there any political type of, you know, animosity per se amongst the conferences or is that so far down the list that we shouldn't be worried about, worried about that kind of thing? Or are they, are they really looking at football success, money, uh, all market size, all of that type of thing way before any of that type of stuff? I, I guess I just want to know what the perspective is outside of the Liberty community for on that type of thing with our university is specifically um, how it applies to realignment. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I can't, you know, I can't tell you what these people are thinking about that, but I do know, yeah, that 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 could be a concern for some presidents, other presidents it may not be. I kind of the kind of the comparison I would make it is if you if you're recruiting an incredible five-star athlete who has some maybe baggage for lack of a better term um, to go along with them. Well, the more talented he is, the more baggage you're willing to take on. And look, I'm not saying Liberty has baggage. Maybe this is a bad analogy, but hopefully you can see where I'm going. So the better Liberty is on the field, I think any concerns about what's happened at the university in the past and those sort of things can be kind of pushed to the side. If Liberty is a 500 program, then it's kind of like, well, okay, well, there's these other factors. Do we really want to go this direction? I mean, I'll be very honest with you. BYU, you know, had tried to get into the Big 12. They obviously would have accepted a Pac-12 invitation at any point. They had no shot. They wouldn't play on – they still won't play on Sundays. That's not going to change. Um, they've had some issues with their school with, um, you know, the LP, LBGT, you know, community and different things like that, that, that presidents don't want to deal with. Well, what happened? The Big 12 got, for lack of a better term, they got desperate. They needed the four best programs they could get in their conference. And all of these so-called issues they had with BYU in the past, suddenly they found a way to work those things out, or they weren't as big an issue um, because BYU, you know, was I was told was the number one choice of the four that they added. They were the number one target. So again, I'm not saying I'm not. Comp you guys are not apples to apples with BYU, but hopefully, um, you know, even though it's a bad analogy, maybe I kind of shed some light on that into how these how these presidents will look at it. And look, I can't speak for these presidents. One president may say, "Hey, we love Liberty. Let's bring him on." You may have another president that say no way. There's absolutely no way we're touching these guys. Ultimately, it's going to come down to what the commissioner of the league's league wants to do and how much influence he has over these presidents and how badly they want the school and or if, if they can't take liberty, what's their next best option? Again, I'm sorry to keep bringing up USF, but if liberty is the top option and then their next best option is USF, then I think they're probably going to make a strong play to get Liberty because they look at the huge disparity in the success of the two programs. So I rambled on there a bit. Hopefully that made sense. But bottom line is it's impossible to, to call. But again, going back to square one, the more success Liberty has 
on the field, the more attractive they're going to be overall to these leagues. Yeah, it makes total sense. And uh, actually, it makes me feel a little bit better uh, hearing that. I, I, we've always kind of, you know, using the BYU example is a good one, um, even though, you know, like it's not apples to apples. It, it, it does kind of apply to our situation. Last question here, and we'll let you go, is have you heard anything about uh, teams working together, schools working together and saying, OK, if you take us, you got to take our buddies um, that's the first part of the question. The second is we're kind of hearing about a mid Atlantic type of uh, regional based brand new conference. Uh, we've kind of heard that ODU and Liberty and a few others have kind of spun that idea up. If, you know, I'm not saying it's our top option, but I, I would say if we got left out of a conference that we would kind of spin that up a little bit more. Um, so have you heard about any, t- any teams or schools partnering up? Um, and then also, have you heard anything about this new regional based uh, conference that ODU and Liberty might be spearheading? Uh, no, I have not. I, I would say without having any in- inside information on that, I think I think the biggest challenge for for a start of a new conference is your TV deal. Who, where are you going to get your TV money from? Um, you know, ESPN is already tied in with the Sun Belt. Uh, they've very small ownership with Conference USA. Uh, they they are do are pretty heavily involved with the American. Uh, they're really going to be deep with the SEC. So I don't know how realistic that is. I'm not saying look anything can happen, especially in today's college landscape. Um, I would just say that would be challenging for schools to start up a new conference because where are you where are you going to get your media rights from? And I'm not saying ESP. You have to have ESPN or you can't survive. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, you know, all of these current 10 FBS conferences already have meteorites deals, some more lucrative than others. So now if you're starting an 11th conference, um, one, you're not affiliated with the college football playoff. You would have to get that resolved. Um, you wouldn't get any, you know, you, I don't know if you would get money from the college football playoff. Like every school um, or conference gets money from the college football playoff just by whether you go 0 and 12 or 12 and 0. Um, so, would you be included in that? Um, would you kind of be viewed as an independent? Uh, I'm not sure if that would work or not. As far as any schools that are like, okay, if you know, we're we're only moving from conference A to conference B as a package deal. Um, I have not heard anything as far as the Conference USA or the Sun Belt level. I do know that BYU and San Diego State were kind of tied together, you know, as far as what their decision was going to be as far as joining the American. They decided, no, they were not going to do it, that they're going to hold out hope that they can get into a um, Power Five somewhere down the road. So, um, yeah, so sorry, I don't really have much on that. I, it would be a challenge. It's not to say it couldn't happen. I just think um, that may be the least likely scenario to happen. And then I, I have heard that maybe there's some possibility of Conference USA and the Sun Belt maybe joining forces. Um, I, I don't know. You'd have, what, 20, 20-some teams? <laughs> yeah. I lost count, you know. I, yeah. Again, your 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 TV money is only going to be so big, and the way I explain it is, it's like a it's like a pie. So you got this pie. So now, the, if you add the two conferences together, the the pie is going to grow a little bit. 
this, it's going to get bigger. But now instead of having 10 mouths to feed or 14 mouths to feed, you got to cut that pie into 24 pieces. Well, those, those, each slice of that pie is going to be smaller in a 2014 league than in a 10 team league or 14 team league. So that would be the biggest challenge if the leagues merged. And also uh, keep in mind the recommended college football playoff expansion is to allow automatic bids to the top six conference champions um, moving forward. Well, if you guys combine conferences, then that means your conference is limited to one conference champion. Whereas without a, without a merger, the Sunbelt conference champ would have a shot and conference USA champ would have a shot. But now if you merge together in some kind of, you know, monster 20 something team league conference, (laughs) then you're basically taking away one conference champion, one less opportunity to get into the college football playoff, uh, you know, 12 team playoff, if that's what we ended up. Yeah. Um, Brett, you're the best man. We we love following along. You always got the scoop, but uh, you, you you do such a good job for the Action Network, and uh, I think everybody that listens and follows us. They know where to find your stuff too, and uh, we really appreciate it. I did one comment. I, I think you wrote it this way in your article today on purpose, but it's got me intrigued. <laughs> everybody's everybody's claiming that they're going to be the top, you know basically non P five conference going oh, right, forward. Yeah. So, so what is your best guess? Who, who is going to be the top non P five after this all settles is the AAC going to hold the crown or uh, Sunbelt going to be aggressive, be aggressive like you're at and try to take that crown from them. I mean, what, when the I dust guess, settles, well, here's the thing. Anyone can, you know, anyone can say they're the top team, top conference. And I guess it depends on your definition of who's the top conference. Because there were, you know, as far as every conference, there were a couple of years where the SEC was actually not very good from top to bottom. But you know what? Nobody remembers that. Why is that? Because Alabama won the national title, and that's all everyone remembers. So, you know, look, last year, the Sun Belt, they had ended up with two teams in the top 15 of the final AP poll. They were the only group five league to do that. Um, but you know what? They the American could say, well, you know, we were the, you know, we were the, the top, top conference because we had, um, you know, we had more success. We got to the new year six bowl game and, and uh, the Sun Belt didn't. So, um, you know, look, I think, I think, I think no matter, I think with the mountain West staying put and the losses that the Americans suffered, I think that the Mountain West would appear to have the best shot on paper to emerge as the top um, non-power conference, but I don't think that's automatic every year. And look, if the Sun Belt can keep Coastal and, and App State and they keep playing at their level in Louisiana, you know, we talk about losing coaches, where how are they going to drop? You know, if, if Billy Napier ever leaves Louisiana or, or, or the Raging Cage is going to gr- drop down. So, it could be the Sun Belt. If the Sun Belt stays put and is able to add like a Liberty and Hughes, Hughes stays around for a couple more years, I think the Sun Belt could make a make a run also. I think it's going to be challenging enough for the American because no matter who they add, are not going to fill the void of Cincinnati and UCF. Maybe Houston, they've struggled a little bit, 
but I don't think there's anybody out there that that will will uh, be able to compare quality wise as far as the ACC, excuse me, AAC is concerned, uh, having to replace uh, Cincinnati and UCF. So I know I was squarely on the fence with that, but uh, it's just like <laughs> these these conferences spin it. I mean, Keith Gill put out a, a statement a couple of weeks ago and said we're the best non non-power conference and then the mountain west took their subtle shot at the american today and said we're the best uh non-power conference and <clears throat> i do know one thing i think we won't have to hear this power six nonsense anymore yeah you're, you're right about that look let's catch up about this stuff in about a month and a half uh and and uh i really appreciate your time your time and uh with us she's with us and uh fully you know liberty wants to land in a conference i know the fan base we want to land somewhere where we have conference championships more meaningful games and then all of that kind of stuff so hopefully we'll see how it goes Been great and uh, we'll catch up down the road thanks a lot All right, we are joined by my good friend James Knuckles. Uh, did I say your name right? Yes, you did. He is a senior at Liberty University, and uh, I guess I don't know his official title. We'll ask him in a minute, but he leads the Jokers currently on campus, and uh, and has has been a part of the Jokers, just screaming and cheering on. It's a it's a fan group that was started about ten years ago by I guess one of the halls there on campus, and. Uh, yeah, something unique is that a sea of red is kind of partnering with the Jokers. Uh, we think that they add a ton of value to game days, especially in the Liberty Arena and basketball games, but at football games too, they're right there on the front row. So we we find a lot of value in that, and uh, we we want to support them. So we're kind of partnering with them and helping um, financially and any other way we can to kind of support their group. So. Um, be looking for that here in the future with just kind of tweets and and financial support and things like that. With with that being said, James, tell us a little bit about, first of all, why are you a part of the Jokers and uh, what makes the Jokers so special to you? Yeah, so I joined the Jokers back in uh, 2018. Um, and growing up an hour away from Liberty, I uh, went to games growing up and just was like, who are they? And then uh, once I started coming to school, just kind of fell in love with like what they are uh, and what we are is, is a group that we love to give our, give our uh, sporting teams an advantage that other teams may not have because their fans aren't as invested. We love to be there and, and, and then impacting that game uh, from, from the sideline uh, because of football games, the student section were right behind the students and right, like right behind the opposing team. And our goal is to just get in their heads, not, not in a rude way, not in a uh, derogatory way, which we're just going to talk to them. Uh, we'll get their mind on playing uh, rock, paper, scissors, or we'll ask them a question about their personal life that might draw their mind away from the game. And, it, and it's fun. And it gives them that advantage. Um, and then when we're there, we're so loud. We're, uh, we are impacting the game because when it when it's when it's defensive time for our team, like we are loud. We do not want that opposing team to be able to hear their sideline. Our goal is to make them have to use hand signals because they cannot hear their coaches. Um, and I love that because I'm a huge sports fan and I love uh, Liberty sports and being a part of something that makes that difference is that's why I joined them. 
Awesome, man. That is so good to hear, but does my heart good. I am a little too old for that now, but you know, that's kind of what makes you guys special is you're just a bunch of kind of uh, raucous, energetic, passionate fans who don't mind showing up early, painting your face, painting your full body, getting in there and kind of waiting and being out in the sun. And all of that is, is part of your, is part of your experience. So, um, one other thing I wanted to mention there is you did mention how close you are at a football games, uh, being right on top. That is unique to Williams stadium and is an advantage that our team has. And I know that, uh, coach Hugh freeze and even Richie McKay are both huge supporters of the fan groups and they love having that. Um, you know, um, I know that they have been huge supporters of yours going, uh, you know, even 10 years ago when you guys kind of developed. So, uh, so tell me a little about, bit about what is some of your favorite memories as being a Joker? Like, what are some of the games that you know you guys have had an impact or something funny that you'd like to tell us about or just anything like that that has kind of stands out? When you look at your time as being a Joker, um, what stands out to you? Yeah, uh, an instance that I talk about a lot, um, we were playing NJIT and it was 2019 and their center i can't remember his last name but his first name was abdul and he had 15 points in the first half and we just started chanting his name whenever he had the ball the second half and the whole second half he only scored two points and scotty scored 15 on him in the second half and i know that was a huge impact because he was frustrated because we just kept saying his name over and over and over again um I love that one. Um, I also love, uh, I can't remember who we were playing, but the, uh, the game, it was 2017 and we won on a blocked field goal at Williams stadium. Um, I just remember that game and a storm in the field and just being able to celebrate with the, with the football team. Cause um, when we like those moments are awesome. I, I was actually able to go on the trip to the first cure bowl um and when they won that game like the first thing the team did after they like celebrated with each other like uh agg and like two of the defensive linemen and um like jesse lamonier came over to us and like were hugging us up and like thanking us for being there um because like they know our group they 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 appreciate us and they and they see the impact um and it's and it's good to kind of just have that little bit it, of a relationship with the players. Like um, I think my favorite thing is Cuffy um, from the basketball games, like loves what we do. And he, he has come over to our place a few times. I've even got pictures with him after games. Cause like he genuinely loves like what we do. Um, and, and it was awesome just to kind of have those relationships with the players. Very cool, man. That is, that is good stuff. I'm looking forward, honestly, to um liberty arena and seeing where you guys set up at and what all impacts you have so i know that there are other student groups i know um i was a part of a student fan group there at liberty um i think what makes the joker so special is it's a grassroots type thing you guys all come together you use your own money for a long time shout out to those guys who started this thing and kind of were so passionate about it and kept it going and, uh, you know, they're still involved today. I know just kind of talking about it and giving ideas, but tell me if there is a passionate sports fan or even somebody who just wants to be a part of some of these fun moments, like you're talking about, 
what can they do to join the jokers like do you have to pay an entry fee do you just have to show up to games do you uh contact yourself join a facebook group what what is it that they need to do to get in contact with you to be a joker and to have some of those fun cool experiences like you're talking about yeah so they literally all they have to do is show up to a game um they tell us like hey you want to paint up like We'll go over like, hey, that's awesome, um, and we'll get them. We'll get them painted up that game. Like, we we definitely have standards for for like how we behave ourselves and control ourselves, and like we'll preface that with with them before we let them paint paint up. But uh, literally, that's all they have to do. And then like we have shirts that we sell that are just. Uh, more of a symbol like hey like now i'm truly a part of the jokers like you don't have to buy one but we we'd love for guys to buy them because that way they already have the jokers on them before the game like typically uh it's a tradition that jokers will wear that shirt on uh on friday that way people like know like hey there's a game coming up jokers are ready to go um it started as a uh as a hall uh like on the hill and then it ended up being all of the hill for a while that were jokers. Um, and it just kind of expanded from there. Um, and now we don't have a affiliation with the hall, but like we are more than welcome for anybody to join us. So you go over to the group of jokers and say, Hey guys, I want to be a joker tonight. Uh, can I hang out with you guys? And, uh, you guys would be more than happy to have them and, uh, kind of introduce them to that. Um, one, one, and, and also you don't have to paint up, correct? Like you can just wear the shirt and hang out and uh, be a part of yeah. the part of the fan group right absolutely absolutely like if you if you want to be a joker come on over like you don't have to paint up you can wear a shirt like if you have a white shirt and you don't like if you don't have the money to buy a shirt bring a white shirt we'll paint that shirt um as the jokers it's just a, a cool tradition um and then what we've started doing recently just for communication with the jokers afterwards is like we have a group me um and it's an open group me so um if you run into a joker, they can add you to the group me. It doesn't have to be one of the leaders. Any joker can add you to this group me. Awesome, dude. You're doing such a good job. I'm I'm really proud of what you guys are doing. And uh, I was at the last football game. I think I saw about 15 or 20 of you guys. And that is a that is great for a fan group that was kind of grassroots and doesn't get their doesn't get any funding. Um, so we're excited at a sea of red to kind of partner with you guys and help a little bit with the funding and, and some of the things we're talking about for those listening that might be potential. If you're listening and you have a student there or, or you are a student there, um, some of the things we're looking at doing is, uh, providing post-game meals a few times. Cause you know, what I've heard from some of the former jokers is there's nothing better than going in after a long, you know, especially hot on football game where you're just yelling your lungs out to go and uh, get something to eat so we're going to pro be providing some post-game meals and that type of thing but uh really looking forward to seeing how this thing grows and uh james you're doing a great job anything else you'd like to talk about with the jokers anything else that you would like to say just to kind of uh, promote the jokers one last time here yeah as i say like if if you're a passionate sports fan that wants to make an impact um and just wants to have fun at the games because we're not just doing this because we, we want to mess with the other team. Like, no, like we want to have fun. It, it, it's fun to hang out with the guys or the girls. Cause we have girls on our, we have girls on the jerkers as well. Um, if you just want to hang out, like come do it. Like we love to have new jokers and we just love having fun with whoever's out there with us every week. Um, whether it's football or basketball. Um, so yeah, come join us. All right, here, here's, uh, here's the commitment I'm going to make. 
right now on this podcast. And uh, if if Liberty makes it to a bowl game and we win our bowl game at the first conference basketball game, I'm going to get John Manson as part of the Jokers for at least one half of the of the game. So do you accept do you accept alumni as well into the Jokers for the for the evening? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay, awesome, man. Hey, James, great talking to you. Really looking forward to it, and I uh, hope hope the Jokers has uh, continues to have a good football season. And but I'm really excited about seeing you guys in the Liberty Arena for basketball. Thank you again for all you're doing, and uh, go Flames! Yeah, go Flames! Filling in for Gerard Brooks on the Liberty Line. I'm Richie Longshots. Liberty enters homecoming weekend as a 19.5 point favorite against Middle Tennessee State, with the over-under sitting just shy of 60 at 58.5. Now, I'm not going to go into money line odds because you would have to wager too much money on Liberty to win, and if you wager on Middle Tennessee State, you might as well be a Coastal fan. The line opened on Sunday at 18.5 and, and only slightly moved in Liberty's favor, with a small majority of the money currently being bet on the Flames. After starting off the year 3-1 against the spread, Liberty looks to cover their third double-digit spread of the year. Middle Tennessee is currently 2-3 against the spread, but is coming off an underdog upset of Marshall last Saturday. They almost blew the game after jumping out to a 28-7 lead. Always fade the teams coming off an emotional victory win like that. And to boot, this season the Blue Raiders are 0-3 against the spread away from home. Now, I've gotten the nerd stuff out of the way, and let's be real. Is Middle Tennessee better than UAB? I can assure you that answer is no. After winning by 24 as an underdog last week, I have little to no doubt that Liberty is going to take advantage of the home crowd on homecoming. With the weather looking like 68 and possible rain, and the winds blowing across the field, and a field goal unit still finding itself, I expect head coach Hugh Freeze to be on the hunt for six every time they touch the ball. I do think Middle Tennessee has a stand-up defense, and that makes me worried about 58 points being scored, as they rank in the top 50% in many defensive categories. But they haven't played a Malik Willis yet, but I'm not sure 58 is gettable. I can see 42, 14, something in that range. The under isn't a sexy pick, but neither were the girls in my sister dorm, and I still gambled on that. In closing, it's homecoming. I wish I could be there, but I got in trouble with LUPD and Doc's Diner a homecoming back in 2016 in the parking lot, and I haven't made it back since. Just remember, coaches win for the fans, and they cover for the alumni. Have a great homecoming, everyone. Go Flames. Do you need any audio editing, mixing, or sound design for your projects? Reach out to our guy, Jonathan Luna. You can find him at johnny underscore moon or you can visit his website lunasound.design 